Why don't we pray right as we get into the Word. Lord, we love you tonight. We're so grateful for these graduates and for all that came tonight to support them. Lord, we recognize the hour in which we live, the soon return of Jesus to the earth. So with urgency and boldness, Lord, we will launch out. I pray for every one of these graduates, Father. We thank you that the culmination of this year, that, Father, they will launch out in the days to go, to come. And they'll go exactly where they're called to go, Lord. I thank you for supernatural direction for all of their lives. Supernatural boldness to walk with you. Lord, we thank you for a renewal of what they're called to do. That all the things that were kindled in their hearts this year, that, Father, you'll show it to them and uh, display your will to them so they will walk these things out before you come. Thank you for great grace upon them. We thank you for utterance for them. Thank you for doors for them. And, Father, whatever area we all serve in the church or, or do your will, we thank you for a renewal of fire to finish our course. We thank you for the presence of the living God to invade all of our hearts and our minds even this night as we hear your word, Father. We know that the the mission will be to get the message out before Jesus comes. Lord, we thank you for souls being swept into the kingdom. We thank you for wonderful things that will be held to their account because of their uh, obedience to do the will of God. So, Lord, we thank you for the anointing upon their lives, the grace upon their lives. We thank you for the anointing upon this church, Lord, to, to build and to plant and to launch out, that that would even be magnified in the days ahead. We thank you for supernatural increase for every person in this room, that we'd have insight into your plan even tonight, Father, that we do your will before Jesus comes. And as we approach these verses, Lord, we thank you. This main thing will happen. It'll it'll not only strengthen us tonight, but Jesus will be glorified. He will be exalted. He'll be magnified. He'll be lifted up in every verse. We thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' wonderful name, and everybody said amen. Amen. Grab your Bibles and turn to 1 Timothy, if you would. We're going to start here, and we're going to run through some verses about what we're called to do. So grab your, your, your scriptures there, if you brought your Bibles with you. And, uh, and we'll go to 1 Timothy chapter 4, I believe it is, if I can find that. And uh, we'll have a good time. We'll go through a lot of verses tonight. I want the verses to preach for me because there's some things that we can look at in the Scriptures that will push us to do what we're called to do, not just the graduates, but all of us here. We can let the Word tonight kind of press our hearts. You know, God will never make you do anything. He never pressures you to do anything. He's so kind and so gentle how He does things. He gives you a little bit of a nudge. But man, when when we get into the Word tonight, we'll see how the Word will propel us to finish our course. The Word will propel us that all the messages we've heard this year, it'll make us activated in those messages. Because those are not just verses that we heard to learn something. Those are life. They're life everlasting. All these verses that we get into, they don't create life. They are life. Hallelujah. And it's pretty cool when we get into the epistles, we see Paul admonishing the church, not just preachers, but the church, to do what they're called to do. Paul never, ever told people to believe. He never said, stand on the Word, believe the Word of God, which we think that way all the time because we've had to be taught to stand on the Word. But he always admonished everyone to finish their course. He always admonished everyone to do what they're called to do in their time slot. He said, I don't run as one that beateth in the air, but listen to what he said. I run to obtain a prize. He said, I'm a very skilled runner. He said, I'm running with a purpose and I'm running to do something for the Lord. He compared his walk with God to running a race. And I don't know where we are on our lap, but I know we're close to the very end of the race. Hallelujah. So at the very end, we should have a punch. We should have a push. Not just the graduates, but all of us in here. We should see the finish line and run faster than we've ever ran. If you have anything in your life that's slowing you down, get it out of your life. 
If you're letting anything get ahead of the will of God for your life, get it out of your life. Let the will of God be first and foremost. You know, we say that, it's almost like, well, that's just the preacher saying that. My friend, you're going to stand before Jesus, and when you look at the throne, the glory of the throne, you look at the rainbow, and you think, man, that's the deal right there. I mean, we're like, wow, we made it, we're in heaven. We're going to be so glad that we had the thought pattern to run our race just as though Jesus was just about to come. We'll be so glad we did. We'll be thumping each other going, wow, we were doing this stuff right before we were raptured. So let's look and see what Paul tells us to do to run our race. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 4 and skip down a few verses. Look at verse number, number 7. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, it's page 262 if you've got a Bible like mine. He says in verse number 7, But refuse and profane and old wives' fables, but exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Verse 8, he says, For bodily exercise profiteth little, but for a little time. But godliness is profitable unto all things. I like this. Having the promise of the life that now is, and of the life that which is to come. He said godliness will bless you now and it will bless you in the life to come. So what we've learned all year is not just the word to propel us, but it's learned us how, it taught us how to live our life so that we'll be godly for all the world to see. So skip over, if you got your Bibles, over to First Peter, or Second Peter, and we'll go through some more verses. And I might get to preaching here in just a little bit. Hang with me. It's okay to laugh in church. Hang with me, all right? Praise the Lord. <laughs> go to Second Peter, if you would. Go to 2 Peter chapter 1 and look at chapter, 2 Peter chapter 1, look at verse 1. Here, now we heard from Paul, he said, Godliness is profitable now and in the life that which is to come. That's kind of cool to have some blessings now, but I'm really not living for right now, I'm living for eternity. I like what Abraham said, he said, I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Hallelujah. He said, I'm a stranger and a pilgrim. Oftentimes, you know, we try to get satisfied right now in this life. And really, you can only get so satisfied in this life because the flesh is not really going to produce satisfaction. Obeying God is what produces satisfaction. Amen? So watch what Peter says. Paul told us some things. So listen to what Peter said because Peter was about to go home to be with the Lord. So you'll notice his thought pattern. He's thinking, I'm about to go to heaven. He said, I must shortly put off my tabernacle. So watch what he says right before he's about to go home to be with the Lord. Very important. Look what he says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that attain like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and of our Savior Jesus Christ. I like verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as His divine power hath, past tense, given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him that's called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. Now watch. Besides this, giving all diligence. Don't you love that word, diligence? Hallelujah. Giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Now he's telling you to add to your faith some elements that will produce change. I don't know about you, but when I was in school, uh, when I was in chemistry, that I like to go to the cabinet that they said, whatever you do, don't add these elements together. Because I wanted to see change. So, of course, as soon as the teacher would go out, I'd go, hmm, let's go get those elements. Hallelujah. So Peter's telling us to add some elements to our faith here. So notice what he says here. Besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. The word virtue there is not moral purity. It's valor or recklessness or a lack of caution to your faith. Most people are so cautious with their faith, they don't want to offend anybody. It's the first thing Peter said to add to your faith. A radicalness or a boldness. So he says, add this valor to your faith and to virtue knowledge, knowledge temperance, temperance patience, patience godliness. 
He says, Godliness to brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity or love. I like the word charity. It's love and action. Not just having love, but putting some action to your love. I like how the, uh, even the King James translate that correctly. So if you really love somebody, you'll do something. Am I in the right room? Come on now. So let's look at the next verse here. And so in verse 8, he says, For if these things be in you and abound, they'll make you that you're neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now he says, if you add these elements to your faith and they're abundant, you don't have to pray about this. They'll make you a certain way. And that's what we're looking for. He said, if they're in you and abound, they'll make you to where you're not barren nor unfruitful. And that's what this whole last year is all about, to make us productive to where in the margin of my Bible, it's the word, the Greek word is the word idle. So we add these elements to our faith to make us producers. So we've come to school for a whole year, not just to go, I've got the word in me. It's to make us to where we go and do. I like the book of Acts. The Bible talks about where Luke wrote the book of Acts. He said, Jesus began both to do and teach, not just teach, but begin to do some things. And Peter said, add these elements to your faith. It will make you a certain way. Boy, I like that. Don't you? I like it that, you know, we don't deserve righteousness, but we were made righteous. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, There's nothing I did to deserve it. It was all about his blood. He didn't deserve sin. God made him sin. I didn't deserve righteousness. God made me righteous. Hallelujah. I like that. He said, you add these elements to your faith, it will make you productive. It'll make you a producer for the kingdom of God. And that's what we're looking for. Hallelujah. Now look at the next verse. Go on to verse 9. He goes to the next one there. He says, But he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off. Well, if you lack these things, you won't be able to see afar off. Well, tonight, I can see afar off. I know what's going to happen in the next thousand years. I know what's going to happen after that thousand years. The Bible calls that thousand years the millennium. And after that, it's called the ages of eternity. That in the ages to come, he'll show forth his goodness and his kindness to those that first trust in him. So we're always going to get blessed here out eternity. So I'm not living for right now. I'm living for eternity. Hallelujah. So he said, if you lack these things, you'll be blind, just like a horse. The reason why a horse puts those blinders on to keep them running just like this, but you want to take those blinders off when it comes to spiritual things so that you can see afar off that right now is not the end. It's just the beginning. Hallelujah. So let's go a little further. Look what he says in the next verse. I like this. Verse number 10. Wherefore the rather, brethren... Here's that wonderful word again. You ready? Diligence. It's not a cuss word. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and your election sure or stable. He said you can give diligence to make your calling and your election sure or stable. Now, how cool is that? Wouldn't it be cool that what is it, uh, what, it's June tomorrow. This is the very last day of May. Wouldn't it be something that we could do something that would make our calling and our election sure or stable? For we, for if I don't see you for 10 years from now, 15 years from now, I know you didn't miss a beat. You're doing the will of God. Your election is so sure and so stable that if I don't see you for 30 years, what's that guy doing? He's doing the will of God. He's added these elements to his faith. He's not being idle. He's being productive. And his calling... Calling and his election is sure and stable. Now look at the last part of that verse. Boy, I like this. He said your, your calling and your election will be sure and stable. And he said if you do these things, add these elements to your faith, you will never fall. Now I didn't say that. I'm quoting the Bible. Hallelujah. The Bible said you do these things, you will never fall. Oh, hallelujah. Giddy up. Come on now. That's good news. Because I, I went to Ramah 29 years ago. I think I was 11 when I went. Hallelujah. <laughs> But, but, you know, there's only so many churches I go to. Uh, I went to Rama. I think there was about 2,200 students when I went. And there's probably about five people that I know of from my year that are still in the ministry. That's not good. Somewhere they didn't add those elements to their faith. So they didn't have their election and their calling sure or stable. And some people say, well, it's just not worth it. It is worth it. We're going to live for eternity. Hallelujah. 
Amen. And look at the next part. This is the part that will get you. You got your shouting clothes on? Come on. Look at the next verse, verse 11. Verse 11, For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said, you do this, you will have a triumphant entrance into heaven. Hallelujah. That's what we're looking for. I mean, obviously the blood of Jesus gets us there. You can't do enough good things to get there. But I sure when I get there, I want to have an abundant entrance. That word minister means serve to. You get there and you have an entrance served to you that you've done the will of God while you're on the earth. That's what it's all about. Hallelujah. Amen. So we want to add these elements to our faith. So we, we keep our election sure. We keep our calling sure. So that we, we don't fall. We don't stumble. And when we get to heaven, we have a triumphant entrance. I think of my dad. I talk about my dad, you know. Uh, he was a rank sinner his whole life. I mean, curse God, mock God. I mean, he would just, he would take me to bars when I was a little kid. My mom would take me to meetings. Thank God my mom would take me to meetings. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, my dad would say, now that religion's going to wear off. But he didn't know it was the incorruptible seed that lives and abides forever. Hallelujah. Well, you know, my dad uh, had a stroke in 1980, and uh, and I went right into intensive care. I said, Dad, time for you to get born again. He got born again right there, right there on his deathbed, got born again, and went home to be with the Lord after after never getting a chance to do anything for the Lord. Could you imagine? You talk about sliding in. Hallelujah. <laughs> you, you talk about sliding in. I, I bet he, when he got there, he was probably like, Dear Lord, I, uh, the thing that I very mocked, I'm here seeing Jesus right face to face. I guarantee you the first, I, you know, it's been, it's been 29 years now that he's been in heaven. I, I bet the first 15, 20 years he's been walking around going, Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> I, I bet it took him I, half the time he's still apologizing. I don't know. I don't want to make the rounds in heaven apologizing to everybody because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I mean, think about it. We, we want to make our life count. We want to make our life. Now, Peter, he's, he said, I, he goes, I, if you read the whole chapter, he goes, I'm about to go home and be with the Lord. He said, but you know what? You can do something. You can add some elements to your faith that it will make you to where you're not idle. And thus, don't let this last year of all this word in us and let it be idle. Let us be absolute producers for God to where people can look at our faith and they can follow our faith. They say, wow, I don't know what it is about them. They'll do the will of God. I can count on them. I can bank on them that they'll never quit. Hallelujah. And that's what it's all about. That went over real good. Good night, everybody. Drive safely. Come on now. <laughs> oh, come on now. That's what we want. Now, why would I say that? Because immediately the devil's going to tell you, well, is it worth it to do this? I've never heard the devil go, oh, by the way, I'm so glad you got all that word in you. No, he's not going to encourage you. Come on now, the, ver- the voice of discouragement is always satanic. God will always encourage you. Even when He's reprimanding you, He'll give you His Word to lift you up. If you have something talking to you that discourages you, it's not God. God doesn't even know how to discourage. He's absolute life. When you get around here, Him, He lifts you up. So don't, don't let the devil mess with you. But my friend, it is worth it to do the will of God. Because that's the thing the devil will tell you. The Bible talks about Jesus endured the cross for what? The joy... That was set before him. What was that joy set before him? You. He went to the cross knowing he'd have a massive harvest. Hallelujah. And we're part of that harvest. So it's, it's about this diligence. It's about your election. It's about your calling. All these messages. We add these elements to our faith so that when we finish our course, we have a triumphant entrance. Because we're blessed now. We're blessed now, but it ain't over right now. Hallelujah. You remember the preacher from South Africa that was over there for, I guess, I don't know how many years he was away from his family. I mean, how that'd be tough to be away from your wife and your kids. And he's over there in South Africa and he's coming back to America. He comes into the harbor there in Miami. And there was, a, I believe, an actor on the boat that had been on a safari over there in Africa. And, and, the, and the preacher, he'd been away from his family, started about 500 churches. 
He comes into the harbor, and there's all these people there with a big ticker tape parade, you know, for the actor coming back from being on safari. And the preacher's like, Lord, you know, there's nobody to meet me. Here you've got a ticker tape parade. You've got all this stuff, this jazz band playing for an actor that's been on safari. And the preacher started kind of whining, you know, like, Lord, here I am away from my family. There's nobody here to meet me. I've been over, on, overseas all this time, and there's nobody here to meet me. And the Lord said, don't worry, it's because you're not home yet. Amen. Come on now. We ain't home yet. We're just passing through. We get blessed right now, but we have a whole lot more that we can look forward to. Amen. We have a whole lot more that we can look forward to. Godliness is profitable now and in the life that is to come. So we're building for eternity every day. If we only could comprehend that, that every time you're kind to somebody, every time you're merciful, it's going to be, you'll have a reminder of it forever. The Bible says in Malachi that when you talk to your friends about him, there is a book of remembrance written about it. It pays to do the will of God. Hello, come on now. You'll be so glad you came on Sunday nights. You'll be so glad you came on Wednesday nights. It's not like God's doing brownie points, but let me just tell you, He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. And He has a reward system that the devil has tried to paint into the church that, oh God, when you get to heaven, it's going to be bad. It's only going to be good. Yeah. You know that He suffered humiliation, so you'll never have to be humiliated. Amen. Oh, we ought to say that again. Come on. He was humiliated so that you never have to suffer any humiliation. He wants to bless you. That thought pattern that God is mad at you, that is satanic. God is not mad at you tonight. He loves you. He's happy with what you've done. He's blessed by your obedience. Do not let the devil even lie to anybody in this room. God's not mad at you tonight. You say, well, I felt like I was supposed to come to school this year. I feel a little condemned. Well, come next year. Don't, don't let the devil mess with you. He's a liar, liar, pants on fire. Come on now. Maybe you had to get some things ready this year to get ready for next year. It's all right. Come on, come next year and go to school. The Lord loves you, wants to encourage you, wants to lift you up, wants to bless you. Just do the will of God. Amen. But we have some radical, wild things set before us. And we in the church are going to get it before our eyes so that it will propel us to finish our course. Because we want that triumphant entrance. I don't want to get to heaven. The Lord go, hey, Joe, come a little bit closer and go thump, ow, thump me right on the forehead. Man, what was that all about? You didn't do the will of God in your time slot. Come on now. How much revelation do we have to have before we'll do all this? Oh, come on. We got some good revelation, don't we? Well, grab your Bibles there and turn over, if you would, to 1 Corinthians. And let's go through a few more verses, and I won't preach too long. It's easy to preach in here, so I'll try my best to shut up. Here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. These are verses that you know very well. But I'm going to be faithful to put you in remembrance of it because this is what you need in front of your heart as you're finishing and doing your course and finishing the will of God for your life. Look here at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. This is when Paul was talking to the church at Corinth. He's getting them ready for the reward seat of Christ. We hear it translated the judgment seat of Christ, but I talked about it a little bit this morning. It's really called the bema. In the Greek, it's where we get our word. The bema is called the reward seat. In the Olympics, when someone finished their race or whatever, they'd go to the bema. It's called the reward platform, really. So that's what we're getting ready to go to. You're not going up there to be analyzed. You're going up there to get blessed. I mean, you've ever seen somebody in the Olympics go, well, I ran all those miles and, and they're going to analyze me. No, you go up on the podium to get blessed and rewarded for your miles you ran. So let's look here at what Paul talked about here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Run over there with me. So in verse number 6, he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it's page 210 if you've got a Bible like mine. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. I like that. Everybody's working together. 
It says in verse 7, So neither is he that planteth anything, and neither is he that watereth. But God gives the increase. So it doesn't matter what part you have, just do something. Amen? So look at the next verse there. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. So you're still one, even though you might be doing different jobs. He that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward, notice this, according to his own labor. Why well, I can't believe they put that word in the Bible. See, that means there might be some work involved. He said, he said, your reward will be in direct proportion to your study. No, it's good to study. Your reward will be in direct proportion to your labor. Wow, that went over real good. Good night, everybody. Drive safely. Start the car. I'll be right there. All right, let's go a little further. He says, for we are laborers together with God. You're God's husbandry. You're God's building according to the grace of God, which is given unto me. As a wise master builder. So notice what Paul called himself. He said, I'm a wise master builder. He said, I know what kind of foundation I'm building. So that's what you've been doing the last year. He said, I'm a wise master builder. I'm building for eternity. He said, I've laid the foundation, another build their poem. But let every man take heed how he builds their poem. Verse 11, for other foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 12. If any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, Wood, hay, and stubble. Verse 13. Every man's work. Circle the word work. Every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it. Wow. Because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work. You ought to circle the word work. Of what sort it is. And look at verse 14. If any man's work abide. You ought to circle the word work again. That goes over real good. Verse 14. If any man's work abide, which he built thereupon, he will receive a reward. Look at verse 15. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved yet as by fire. All of a sudden, right after the rapture, Everything that you've done in this life for Him is going to get analyzed at the reward seat of Christ. And what's so cool, your next appointment after the rapture, you say, well, we're going to step over into eternity. You're in eternity right now, but we still have an opportunity to do something that's going to last forever. So it's amazing that God gives us an opportunity to do something that lasts for eternity. So all of a sudden, we're raptured, we go to heaven, we go to the reward seat of Christ, and everything you ever did with the proper motive, you'll get rewarded for it. Come on, all of a sudden there'll be gold, silver, and precious stones, or there'll be wood, hay, and stubble. Notice this is not a judgment for your sin. Sin was laid on Jesus. Come on now, that's some good news for some folks in here. You ought to say hallelujah on that. You'll not be judged for your sin, amen? Amen. But you will be judged to see what the works are like, whether they're gold, silver, and precious stones, or wood, hay, and stubble. We don't want to get to heaven and have the angels go back up there, so-and-so, there's going to be a bonfire like you've never seen before. We don't... (laughs) We don't want people talking about your fire. Did you see that? What was that all about? That was so-and-so's bonfire. No, we don't want a bonfire. Now think about wood, hay, and stubble. Wood, hay, and stubble is all above the ground. It's what people see you do. You probably won't get a reward for. Gold, silver, and precious stones are all below the ground. You've got to dig for that. It's the motives of your heart that will be made manifest at that reward seat. That fire is going to hit your life, and it's going to check out your life Isn't it cool that everything you ever did that was bad under the wrong motive is going to be toast right there? Come on. That's some good news for some folks. Come on now. All of a sudden, it's just going to be annihilated right there. And everything that you did with the proper motive to obey God because you love the Lord, all of a sudden there's gold, there's silver, there's precious stones. And you'll have a reminder of it forever. You will adorn yourself with your faithfulness. 
<laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Because when that the stuff that handles the fire, you're going to wear it around your neck. You're going to you're not going to go. Oh, I had this medal, but I'm going to bury it. You're going to go, man. People will be able to look at what you're wearing and be able to tell how faithful you are. It's just like the military. I've talked about it before. It's just like the military. In the, when there's someone's in the military and they're a general, they have the stars here. You don't have to ask them if they were faithful. You know they were faithful. Their uniform preaches for them, doesn't it? You walk up to a captain, he's got bars right there. You know that to get to that level or a general or whatever, you know, but their uniform tells you they've been faithful. Come on now, we don't want to be walking around in the millennium in a Speedo bathing suit. Come on now. <laughs> we, we want to be walking around in the millennium, we, we want to be clothed with glory and honor. Amen? You don't want people pointing at you and going, well, I didn't do anything during the church age, did you? I guarantee you, my dad has got some little string thing on. Then I'm going to be throwing robes at my dad. Come on, dad. Because I'm telling you, he got saved right before he went into heaven. Come on. You, you, we may laugh about that, but your clothing will be indicative of your faithfulness. It will preach for you. You know what he said right there? The day shall declare it. It will preach. What you've done for the Lord will preach for you right there. That's what we're looking for. Hallelujah. We're looking for everything that we've done. To preach for us forever. And this last year, we've heard message probably on righteousness. You probably heard messages on faith. You probably heard messages on all those all those wonderful things from heaven. They are not just to have knowledge. They are to propel you so that when you get to the reward seat, you can relax and go, Wow, I have some gold, I have some silver, I have some precious stones. Hallelujah. And you'll notice Paul was very big about this. He talks constantly about, you know, you're going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. He says, so live your life like you're going to be there soon. How cool is it that our generation is the generation that we can find out about this before we get there? Hallelujah. We're blessed, aren't we? Well, run over to Ephesians real quick. I'm almost done. Run over to Ephesians. Go over there for just a minute. Now, go as you're going to Ephesians, what is gold, what is silver, and what's precious stone? Gold is your devotional life. Gold is how much you tell the Lord you love Him. People don't see that in your life, but that's a part of a secret thing in your heart. Lord, I love you. That's your devotion to Him. What is silver? The Bible says the tongue of the just is of choice silver. What are the precious stones? The priest would go into the, to the presence of God. He would bear what was on his heart for the people. He didn't go in there for him. He went in there for the people. See, it's all about unselfishness. The degree that you have rewards when you get to the reward seat of Christ will be the degree that you function in unselfishness. Well, that went over real good. Good night, everybody. Drive safely. Hallelujah. Start the car and I'll be right there. Come on now. So we should learn this now. If you notice those elements that he told us to add to our faith, they're all about unselfishness. So go to Ephesians. Run over there for just a moment real quick and, and we'll close as soon as I can. Go to Ephesians chapter... What does this mean when the preacher says he's closed? you remember what it means? It means nothing. Hallelujah. <laughs> go to Ephesians chapter 4 and we'll, we'll try to figure out where to shut her down. Ephesians chapter 4. Now this is what I like. The words that you've heard this year, they, they bring something to light in your spirit. You know, there's, there's, there's an ignition that happens when you hear the word. When we all hear the word, something is sparked. And watch what Paul talks about here in Ephesians 4. He says in verse 7, But unto every one of us is given grace. So you have a motor on the inside of you propelling you to do something for the Lord. But unto every one of us, there's every person in this room has got grace on them to accomplish something for the Lord. If you got born again, the moment you got born again, you, in your spirit, in your heart, you said, I got to do something for the Lord. When you truly get saved, you love Him, you think, man, I got to do something for Him. So Paul says here to the church at Ephesus, unto every one of us is given grace. 
And then he says, according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And then he talks about gift ministries in verse 11. He says he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Look at verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints for the work. For the perfecting of the saints for the work. For the perfecting of the saints for the work. For the perfecting of the saints for the knowledge? No. For the perfecting of the saints for the work. So God has given gift ministries in the body to come in. My daughter goes, Dad, do you have to yell at everybody like that? Absolutely. Is it necessary to scream? Sometimes it is. You know, sometimes you just lose your voice. Why? Because God wants something in us so bad, He wants to propel us to get off our duff and do something for God. Amen. So that's why different gift ministries will have a different slant about them. They're to push you to do something. So when you stand before Jesus, you've done the work of the ministry and you have some rewards for it. You have some eternal stuff. Hallelujah. So watch what he says in the next verse. I like this. He says, For the work of the ministry, for the edifying the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, and to a perfect man. That word perfect there means mature or wholehearted. If you'll notice... Every probably class you're in on Tuesday and Thursday nights, even as tired as you may have been, every one of those messages produce something in your heart, a wholeheartedness. Every time you hear the word, I'm going to do the will of God. I'm going to do the will of God. I'm going to do the will of God. Contained in that word is life itself that created everything you see. So when you hear that word, it produces in you, I'm going to do the will of God. I'm going to do the will of God. I'm going to finish my course. Hallelujah. So it's amazing how when we hear the word... That's what it produces, wholeheartedness. Amen. You know, I like, uh, Paul's a good example of wholeheartedness. Remember uh, when Jesus appeared to him, he said, man, you're killing Christians. You don't need to be doing this. Really, he says, hard for you to kick against the pricks. I've got something for you to do, and you're, you're not doing it. And remember after Jesus appeared to Paul, what was the first thing Paul said? Lord, what would you have me to do? It wasn't, I'm glad to be in the family. He knew there was something for him to do. Now, I like the chicken and the swan, but I don't believe Paul did the chicken and the swan right there, which that's cool. He immediately recognized that Jesus had something for him to accomplish. You know, I think of a guy, I was just in this guy's church up in Canada. I'm, I'm closing here in just a minute. Hang with me. Keith Johnson, I don't know if you know him. He's in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. It's basically in the middle of nowhere up in Canada. I mean, it's a great province or whatever, but it's just cold up there in the wintertime. First time I was there, my eyes were hurting real bad. I said, what's that? I said, well, the water in your eyes is freezing. I said, this is uninhabitable. Hallelujah. <laughs> but he's up there, and he's got a great church, and they have really a, like a continual move of God. And, but he was pastoring out in West Texas years ago in Plainview, Texas. It's out where they build atomic bombs. And the reason why I say that because out in the panhandle of Texas, because if one of the bombs would have gone off, it wouldn't have hurt anybody. There's nobody out there, amen? I mean, it is literally the middle of nowhere. So he pastored out there, and he was needing some help one night uh, in the children's church. You know, and everybody was in, hearing the word and all that. And, and so the pastor got up, Pastor Johnson said, no, I need some volunteers to go help with the children's church. I say, all you need is a little duct tape. You can handle anything, amen? Well, <laughs> he, he wasn't thinking duct tape. He's thinking, I need, actually need a, a, a warm body to go back there to corral everybody. And you know, nobody wanted to volunteer because we all wanted to hear the word. And I understand that. We want to be in the service to hear the word. But there comes a time where we've we got we to gotta serve. We've got to do what we're called to do. So, you know, the pastor called for someone to volunteer. Nobody volunteers. So finally his nephew goes, okay, he knew that his his uncle was going to call on him. So he goes, reluctantly, he goes, okay, I'll do it. I'll go back there. So he ends up reluctantly having to go back to the children's church. He goes back there and ends up actually having a good time. He, he pretty much enjoyed it. And he said, well, if this is my lot in life, if I got to do this, I'm going to mix some wholeheartedness to this. 
He said, I'm going to max this out, man. He said, I'm going to get buses. I'm going to bus kids from all over. And out in the middle of nowhere, he started busing kids from all around West Texas, all around that church. They started having revival on the kids, all because he got called on because he didn't even want to. But he thought, okay, I'll go back there because I know my uncle will make me go back there. <laughs> now, the man I'm talking about is Willie George. That's how he got started in the children's ministry. Woo! I want to obey God. No, not I want to obey God. My uncle's going to make me go back there to be with the kids. So I might as well volunteer so I don't have to get embarrassed and have my uncle make me do it. So think about someone that basically decided to serve with the messages they got. And he probably thought, I bet he thought his ministry was, you know, I'm called to be a pastor. I'm called to do that. Why in the world would God make me go work with the kids? And, you know, I preached in Bangkok. I preached in Italy. I preached in Germany. I preached in Spain. I preached in the Philippines. I preached in Australia. Name a country. Guess whose children's church curriculum they use? Willie George. So the Word will produce a wholeheartedness in you to where let's all be the first ones to go, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Let this year of the Word going in, you go, it'll not only say, I'll do whatever you want me to do, but what will happen is when you stand before Jesus, all of a sudden there's some gold, all of a sudden there's some silver, and there's some precious stones. And we don't have to go, what was that bonfire all about? Surely it wasn't, it wasn't what they were doing. No, they were doing the will of God. And the motive of our heart will be we want to bless Him. That's what we want. We want our life to count and be a blessing to Him. So if you'll notice, all through the epistles, Paul never told us, oh, you better stand on the Word. But he did tell us over and over and over again to finish our course and to be, get ready for this, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So your labor will be in direct proportion with knowing that it's not in vain. Let me just tell you, all of the work that you've all done, all of the work that you've all done, it is not in vain. God loves you, wants to bless you. He wants to encourage you to do more. Because how cool is it we have some time to do something? Let's blaze the trail. Let's let the anointing of God with the Word of God intensify in our lives to where let it be said of our church. I, don't, I, don't, I really don't understand that Word of Faith, Holy Ghost, whatever you want to call life church, but I'm telling you what, they blaze the trail and they go and do. Let's be goers and doers and not just hearers and let's finish our course so that when we stand before Jesus, I can see you walking around and go, check that robe out, check that robe out, check that robe out. You'll notice you're wearing a robe tonight. Why are you wearing a robe tonight? Because every time you graduate to the next level in God, He clothes you a different way. Come on now. We we didn't get this because we're cool. We got this from heaven. Because this is a godly thing to be rewarded for your faithfulness. So the Lord loves you so much. Think about the next five years, the next ten years. Let's make it count. Every person in this room, let's make it count. God has something for our church to do. What would happen if we had 95 to 100% participation of all of us doing the will of God? What, what could the Lord do in our church? It's that kind of mentality that makes the power of God flow. It's that kind of commitment. I just want to say this. It's the word commitment and consecration and dedication. It's pretty amazing. That's not really a cuss word. He loves you and wants you to finish your course. Amen? Amen. Let us be said of this generation before Jesus comes. They were the most active, the most hungry the most diligent workers for the Lord that he ever had. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for these graduates. We thank you for your hand upon their lives. 
I thank You for an open heaven for their lives. I thank You for supernatural revelation for their lives. I thank You for leading and guiding them, Lord. I thank You that we will see the reward that we'll have for doing Your will. I ask You right now to bless them, strengthen them. Father, envelop them with Your glory. May there be a revelation of how blessed they are for doing Your will. And all of us in here, Lord, we look unto You, Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And Lord, we thank You that through the joy that was set before You, You finished Your course. And let it be said of all of us, Father, that we will all finish our course with joy. Father, we bless them. We bless them and we honor their faithfulness tonight. As a group of believers tonight in this church, we we honor their faithfulness to, to do this year to hear Your Word, Father, and to complete their classes. We honor them and bless them. Hallelujah. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen.